Hello, everyone. Today you have Jake, Seth, and Seth's brother, Jay, joining us for a special guest appearance to discuss the 1996 film Crash. Not to be confused with the later Matt Dillon movie. This movie was directed by David Cronenberg and was pretty controversial at the times at the time, and I can understand why looking at it now, just because it's very um, it's it's like a sexual thriller. It's very sexualized. And I can only imagine how this was received by a 1996 audience. But um, I really like this is a movie I've heard a lot about, so I was excited to discuss. So I've got, um, I hope what I think are interesting takes, although I'm sure they're probably not. But I'm excited to discuss it with that. Jay, Seth, I'm going to throw it to you guys. Uh, Jay, actually, let me throw it to you, Jay. What? I was curious. I like this movie. What made you choose it? Say what an honor it is to uh, join the Y guys. Oh, thank you. Uh, am I your first guest? You are first and only. Wow! Wow! I am. Uh, it's an honor and privilege. Uh, I've been listening to you guys, and I'm a devout uh, follower, and uh, uh, I respect most of your opinions. I would say. <laughs> uh, um, say I'm so excited because I did think I going into it, I didn't know what to expect and I think it was like we talk about like levels a lot I think there are a lot of levels to this movie and I'm excited to throw my theories out there I was glad to watch it alone because there are a few moments where I felt like I had like my oh no face like I was like <laughs> gasping for uh but it was it was interesting like um gasping out of shock I was like I can't believe they're doing that but uh <laughs> I really I really like the way it's set I was curious like seeing it I was I would be curious to know what your lady friend thought about the movie Find out that 
they're aroused by car crashes. And they sort of take the, the life and death energy of the car crash and transfer it into this sexual energy. And uh, that's kind of the basic of it. But then the structure of the movie, I have to say, it really feels like a softcore point. Almost every other scene has got nudity or sexual situations in it. Well, the, the, the very first scene, the very, like I forgot, but the very first scene of this movie is like you go into an airplane hangar and there's this beautiful blonde lady and suddenly she just, she just props her breast out. <laughs> <laughs> and, then this, and then this guy, who has nothing to do with the rest of the movie, is there and you're just like, what is happening? He's just there and, uh, kissing her butt. One of the things I thought, though, was, and I'm borrowing this, like, I read it on the Wiki, on, like, Wikipedia, it was definitely sexual, but, like, I think it was, it, it never quite devolved into, like, Cinemax, Showtime, late night stuff, like, I think that, yeah. like, that, it, it straddled the line between art and smut, I, I wouldn't call it smut, I'd say it's more artistic, but some of the scenes, we can get into it later, but yeah. A few times it maybe like swerved into the other lane, but I, th- I thought they did a good job of handling it, especially, yeah, as the movie was going on, like it, it just kept escalating in terms of like there was a lot of fondling and then it just went on from there. <laughs> yeah, Jim, what do you think of the structure? Do you think it's more soft or form or more artistic? Uh, well, I definitely think like, I feel like Cronenberg was definitely like looking at like Red Shoe Diaries or these like. Skinamax movies, some like some sort of tool to get a cut. Like he's, you know, like that definitely was like a period of like the nineties. Was like that. That was like in the pop culture for sure. And that that was there. So I think he was taking that and using that for effect. I think of those Linda Fiorentino movies, which were like a, that was like a whole genre. And like those, like sex crime thriller, like Jade. Yeah, and he, and I think he, yeah, it's like not that that's what he's necessarily playing off of, but that was just like one of the examples. Like, I feel like, he, do you think he was like trying to like elevate it? That's almost what I got the feeling of. He was trying to just take this, well, like, I think he was definitely trying to be controversial, but I think he had more to say than just putting like people up there to do weird sexual things. I, I think the movie says more than just that. That was my takeaway. Like, if you, and if you know, like, the actors are too famous to be just doing a, uh, like, a software thing. He, he has too much of a repu- reputation himself. So, if you didn't know that, like, if you had no idea, yeah. What, like, I don't, and I think that's sort of like a bit, that's what's sort of very interesting to me is like, someone that just popped this on, what would their take be with it? Mm-hmm. What did you uh, What did you guys think about sort of the central idea that these car crashes could be arousing, sort of, and and lead you into a, a new sexual frontier or something? Jay, do you want to start? <laughs> uh, I, I, was thinking, I was thinking very hard about this because I feel like I just you know I'm like you know it's it's sort of when I hear someone like died of auto asphyxiation, I'm just like, I don't even understand where that, like, and I, I can't, I can't really compare, I, I can't like resonate with that. Uh, 
So, like, I was trying to think about this, and the closest I could really get to about it was like, it, it was more of like, it, it's getting to like the invention of the automobile, but the invention of the machine, and that we're eventually going to become these machines. And that's sort of like the character Bond is saying that. Well, I thought Bond, I thought he said that that was sort of his red herring on the surface. And that what he was really about was this psycho-psychology or something. Do you remember that? Right, it's just like, let's just, like, he just lives this lifestyle. Yeah. I thought... It's like, he's just about sort of, like, living this, like, on-the-edge lifestyle, getting in car crashes, having sex with men and women, apparently. I kind of thought, like, my takeaway was that it's, like, a modern death sex cult. And, like, the idea of the car is, like, the car crash, like, somehow merges, like, chance, violence, death, and then, like, also, I think, celebrity in a way. Just because the they kept talking about, like, all these famous celebrities who died throughout it. And I just think of the car as, I think when you said it, like, the car is this idea, it's a technology that's supposed to connect us. And I think, like, Vaughn and some of these people are taking away the wrong connections. Uh, I, yeah, I think the sex angle, like, where you introduce the sex into the death part of the cult, it's a little beyond me. But, like, I get it. It's, like, the yeah, to me, it's, like, I think of, like, an ancient Greek mystery death cult. Like, what would it look like today? Not saying that's what they're going for, but it's this weird pseudo-worship fetishization thing that's going on. And I, I think you're definitely right about straight man and it's like you can kind of identify with him but like he's too straight and not in the sense that he's straight in like terms of oh he's a square but like he is so bland personality wise that I it, it, I agree not only did I could I not connect with him I ended up disliking him and like half the things I'd be like why is he doing this or like why does this woman want to have sex with him like there was just I, I guess I could say I just didn't get the appeal of the character within that internal world so I'm sorry you go ahead 
yeah, I mean, I think he's like this, he appears as this like attractive, successful guy, and he's got the hot life, and like there, and there, and it's like, it's this total male fantasy that he lives. And so you're kind of experienced it that way. And I, so I, I guess, it's, but that's not the farthest thing. I, I sort of feel like the what uh, Faith Bader character and the wife character are the things that really hold this movie back the most. Mm-hmm. And I especially don't think that this woman is like, well, other than her being very attractive, I think she's awful. And like, mm-hmm. there's nothing, you know, that there's nothing else that this woman's like ever done. Like, I've never even heard of her or seen her do anything else. But like, I just don't care about these two at all. But however, when you get to this Rahan character and the Holly Hunter character and the Rosanna Arquette character, they are fascinating. Like, I want to know everything about them and their world and, like, how, like, and what they're doing. Um, and that, that, to me, was, like, the beat of the movie. And, yeah, I think so we should probably talk about uh, some of the actors and the characters. I actually had a question about Holly Hunter early on in the movie. Wait, um, Seth, 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 let me stop you there. Sure. Go ahead. Jay, I think like upon first watch, there's ambiguity, but upon like understanding her character, she's yeah, definitely get a little gratification. <laughs> the thing that I was kind of trying to figure out was was this the first car crash she was in, and and then it's like from that, like she met Vaughn, or did she know Vaughn beforehand? Did she already have this fetish? I thought like, yeah, so I thought she had been in some previous car crashes, and that she already had, had known Vaughn. she was definitely in a crash do you think I don't want to jump the, do you think she might have caused a crash before like I felt like I don't know I, I definitely think she was in another crash and a part of me thinks maybe she helped cause it I know he was driving on the wrong side of the road but all those other cars missed him and their car hit and she has a crash fetish and a part of me was wondering if maybe she distracted her guy or whatever to like help cause it and who I was that too Although that first crash, it seems like Cronenberg's trying to sort of create a real crash and like kind of try to show how that would happen. That's true. I actually, I, I think that makes more sense. Oh, I'm sorry. All the scenes with the cars and, and the crashing and all the crashes and all that, I thought were great. Yeah. I think we're just like, it was superbly done. Uh, I think I love the James Dean crash. 
And then I love the like the Jade Ming, the, the huge cracks was like Ben created. Yeah. It's just like him kind of like wandering around the feet. And even though in the back of your head you're like, how come there's no one telling him to like taking them out? <laughs> that was that was like Kelly the whole time was like, where are the cops? Why is no one talking? Like she was just like irate and they were just walking around this car crash. I had a similar reaction. Well, the thing is, is I think it's like if you're gonna go in this movie for realism, like you should stop watching. Like I just don't even. It's like clearly the fantasy film happening. Like from the very first scene, it's just fantasy going on with this beautiful woman in the airplane. Like it just sets the tone. So I actually agree. And one of the things that kind of towards the end of the movie, one of the things that turned me on to that was. After the crash initially, when the Holly Hunter and James Spader are in the car, she talks about the like the idea that it feels like there are more cars on the road now than before, like having this awareness. And then later, when they're looking, when it's James Spader and his wife on the road, it's like, where is everyone? They're in L.A. and the streets are empty. And I kind of got that like dreamlike quality. It's like the city you did what they needed. When they needed a lot of people, they, did, they were there. And I kind of got that, like, there are other things, I think, to give it that dreamlike quality. But I agree with that. Definitely going for some, like, surrealism. It's not supposed to be, I think, taken as a literal world. <laughs> I mean... Like, not that it's, like, not that it's fake, but it's definitely pushing a... Yeah, I, I think there's certain things you, you can't really get too upset at if we're doing. Agreed. But, you know, what James Spader is licking uh, Rosanna Arquette's guard... That's real to get for me. <laughs> that, the... well, you know, and I watched, and I will say, I watched, I always remembered that he, I always thought that he maybe was for that scar, <laughs> but then watching it this time, I was like, I actually don't think he did. I think he was just, but it's just like they do it in this angle that makes you think that or kind of interpret that. I think he was, like, I don't know, I don't think he inserted it, but I think he was definitely like up on it, kind of. Yeah. Okay, I don't. I, we, we we shouldn't jump. To, we don't need to jump to questions too soon. But I do have a question because this kind of does lead into one of my ideas. One of the things I kind of came away from the movie with was the idea that James Spader and his wife are these bored '90s yuppies who are somehow like conscripted into this weird sex death cult led by Vaughn and with Holly Hunter, and they are just this bored, like over-sexualized, under-stimulated couple that come in. And, like, just use it to their own amusement, kind of, like, destroy it, like, kill Vaughn. And just, and at the end of the movie, they're just kind of like, eh. Like, it's just, it, they're not, I don't think they're as passionate in their belief or passion as Holly Hunter and Vaughn. I think they're just kind of using it because they're bored. And at the end, when they're, like, maybe the next one, and, like, I, that was just an idea I had. Am I totally over-reading that? Or... They're lying about maybe the next one. Yeah. And what you can interpret from that. And it's like, but they were doing, it's like they were exploring all these different sexual niches and stuff like that. And then when she would say, she said the first, maybe the next one, referring to some experience that he had. And then he's ending it with like, maybe the next one. But it also was like, maybe the next one means death. And that's what I thought. Now, my, the, so like, my initial memory of that ending was that she actually died and he's like fucking her while she died. But yeah, now, that's what I thought too. That it was like it was yeah. a necrophilia, but it, it, it's not. She's alive. She's fine. Yeah. 
yeah, watching it last night, I realized, like, he asked her, like, are you okay? Are you hurt? And she's like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And then they sort of start having sex, and he's like, maybe the next time. And I was like, so the next time you're going to kill her? Like, that, that is kind of how I read it. But what if they're not killing her? What if they're killing, like, someone else? To me, it asks, to me, that's where, like, the kind of criticism of the 90s, I, I still kind of think it's this criticism of the culture, just, like, the, it's those, that wealthy, successful couple is just bored, in my opinion, and they're just kind of doing these dangerous things because they can, and I'm not saying there aren't deeper things to take away from the movie, but that was one of the things I took away, and I might be too focused on it, but I really liked the ending. I thought it, I thought it was a cool question, just, even whether I'm right or wrong, like, the fact that we're even talking about it and, like, can have this type of conversation. I thought it was a great way to end the film. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, Elias Cofield a little bit because he's just such a weird actor. And it's like, I think we all know him still as Casey Jones from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But I also, he's really good in uh, uh, The Thin Red Line. He's got like a great part in that movie. He's also yeah. like, the only good part of that Shutter Island movie. But he's been in a ton of movies. I think he's a really underrated actor. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He's a very underrated guy. Yeah, I wish he was in more things. He's amazing. I think he's definitely the highlight of the movie. I think he's fantastic. He's the Um, ultimate character actor. Yeah, he had my takeaway was I thought he had this like weird. He was like creepy, but also somehow like charming or like had like a magnetism. He was he straddled the line of he was like a Frankenstein's monster, but I don't know. He had some weird, crazy confidence. about it like he really was the car like he died with the car i think i i'm like captain obvious over here that's just dawning on me but i didn't realize that he crashed into a bus full of people remember and like you're just like oh this guy took out a whole bus wait so did he kill and but so did he kill like how many people do we think he killed just on the bus alone at least like 10 to 15 people you know jay what do you think I mean, yeah, I think 
Are you guys thinking what I'm thinking? We write the prequel with him as a serial killer, uncaught serial killer, ten years before. <laughs> I love that movie. Well, the thing is, it's like I, I, you know, like I just wish I wish there was a different introduction because I mean, I like the first scene with this woman on the airplane, and it's like I like that you slowly do sort of see like, oh, wait, we're dealing like this both like this polyamorous couple, but I. But I just, I just didn't care about these two. Like, I wish there was a better way into these two people's like, world so that I was, like, on board. And then when you meet Vaughn, I would have picked one of the other Well, that's that's real, that might be a good intro into Grant. Do you want to get into our Grant movie? Yeah, because I think it's... Uh, well, can I clear one more thing, though? Yeah. About, I'm just picking up on this now, so you guys are blowing my mind, and I am loving that. I, I I didn't really get that, but now I am absolutely loving that. I really, yeah. I like to, uh, Elias. It's hard to pick up everything because there's just such a hate of sex in the movie. It's hard to, like, focus on what things that way. The other thing is, I'll say, I thought the direction was incredible. Like, uh, what, I also agree. I thought it was a weird intro. I think if they made a few like different choices, it could have been not that I'm an expert, but like more commercially successful. Like yeah. maybe with a different lead-in, spend a little more time, maybe show us why this couple's trying to save their marriage with this weird sexual like adventurism. Uh, but but yeah, but oh, man, he's so good. I, I, I think there's a way to make it a little more commercial or like palatable for the average viewer. But I also think Cronenberg, like once he went down the third road, he's going all the way. And that's and that's totally fair. Like that's why even saying that it like hurts me because I actually really like this movie. We'll get into scores later. Well, you, you know, when I was thinking about it, like I've given, I've given a lot of crap to Peter and the, and the woman in this, and I, you know, and but if I'm thinking back to these like Richie Diary cinematic films that was like like these softcore points, like you know, if they have the they have to they're like at that level. It is such an interesting couple because it's like James Spader who's pretty big at that point, and the other woman, the wife, is Deborah Kara Unger, who's not. And so it's an interesting pick for them to be like voyeuristic characters. One's a pretty big star, and yeah, I just feel like yeah, you, if I agree, I, th- I think that they did. I think they did exactly what Cronenberg wanted. I think they could have picked maybe a better couple to try and at least be relatable if that's the way he was going to write them. Do we, do we, are there any other likes we want to talk about? Or? No, let's get into, let's get into why. Let's get into Seth. I really like the Rosanna Arquette character. I think she's really interesting. And like, she's got the scars and the lake thing going on. And clearly 
watching like the Swedish car crash video and they're all getting turned on by it or whatever. But my problem with her character is like basically the only scene you get with her is like she goes to this BMW dealership with Bader and like she gets into a car, the, the dealer there kinda like has to help her get in and touch her thigh. And then, like, her and Spader get all hot-spotted in the car, but that's, like, the only scene she has. Hey, I don't know what her purpose is. There's no, that whole scene, I remember watching, I was like, there is issues, and I was like, this has nothing to do with anything going yeah. on right now. There's nothing to do with anything going on I think a better, a better producer would have put that scar on Holly Hunter and just had that scene be him and Holly Hunter. It's, it's, it's like, I like, yeah, you're right. It's, I just don't know what, like, uh, what Rosanna Arquette's, like, real purpose in the movie is. I, like, she's definitely interesting, but it's like, the scene serves no point to the movie. The other big scene she's in, I guess, is, like, the lesbian sex scene at the end when Bond dies and the two girls have sex in the car. And then there's when there's the scene. Well, yeah, no, my, my feeling was that that lesbian sex scene was like, they had done pretty much every other scenario. Yeah. They just were like, oh, we gotta throw in a lesbian scene. Like, we said, can't forget that. Yeah, that was just the cherry on top of the uh, sexual escapades. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like I have a sort of an issue with her. I have to, it just seems like like the Holly Hunter character is really important in the first act, but then by the end of the movie, she seems kind of unimportant. That was one of my notes. Just. <laughs> I felt like they. I felt like she was the entry point to this whole underground subculture, and then Vaughn took over. But I don't right. think they did her a service in terms of like a smooth transition between the two. Well, yeah, and I would say, from what I read, what I read a little bit, Holly Hunter really wanted to do a movie with Carl Durkin. He like threw her this part. It probably shouldn't have been someone this famous and this good. Is that <laughs> all? She is good. Um, like, I just think, so it's like, of course, like, you're fascinated by her. She's just, like, doctor, just, like, gets off on this thing. Like, it's like, she, she does, she's always under, she's great. She's going to make you super interested in her. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, I thought, I think it's, I, th- I was just going to say, I thought she was a funny choice, because she's, like, this all-American, like, wholesomeness to her, but it ended up being perfect, like, just you wouldn't expect her to be this like sexualized person, or at least I wouldn't. Uh, I, yeah, it's interesting. I, I no, it definitely yeah, it definitely goes against like, the other kind of roles she was doing at that time. It did make me. I was like watching it. I was like, I had this moment where I was like, man, I really need to watch that movie, The Piano, again. Because it's, uh, at the same time, I remember it's like the piano is one of those movies where you're like, that was so boring, but then like. She's great in succession. Oh, yeah, broadcast news. Uh, yeah. Don't forget the Incredibles. <laughs> She's done a little bit of everything. By the way, I'm just kidding. I think raising. Uh, uh, any, any other gripes you guys have? Any issues you have with the movie? Well, I did think, like, I was like, I, I did feel like. Do you feel like Vaughn. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Vaughn is 
sense there is a profession where like his fetish could be completely realized and yeah. like he no one like he'd be trapped in that box of a car like he could do whatever he wanted in there that's i didn't think about that <laughs> it does seem weird that like it's like he needs to do it on real roads with real pedestrians to like get off or whatever yeah and i'm like well well but they start with this like um uh changing Reenact the James Dean crash. I mean, it was like, yeah. So you think eventually, if if Cronenberg was like, I'm coming out with a tech part Netflix series called Crash, like you'd be on board for that? Oh, I, I I was watching it. I was like, they could really draw it down to series they wanted to. <laughs> I would love to see. At least, at least, at least, I would say it's like it's not until episode three. It wouldn't be until episode three or something that you'd be fine. Like, it's like, you at least have a couple episodes to really establish the, the couple. <laughs> but you're keeping all the facts, right? Oh, my God, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could have a really good 10-part series, yeah. If you, like, flesh out, like, of the first couple episodes, like, take place before the movie does, flesh out Vaughn, maybe get Vaughn's backstory, maybe he's got... I think this, I think, I think this does work as a 10-part series. Now, are we talking Netflix or HBO? Yeah, I think like I know I said I, I know I said they should merge Patricia and Holly Hunter, but another better option would be to just build that character out a little bit. Like she was one of the more interesting ones. Yeah, um, Jay, where do you rank this among Cronenberg's movies? Uh, that's a good question. Um, so I probably. Uh, yeah, like I want to say, say, say I, I kind of want to say history of violence is probably my number one of his now. Uh, and then it's like The Fly, Gators, uh, Videodrome, I was like, uh, up there. I, it's very hard to, the thing with Crash is it's like, it's a terrible movie, but it's not. It's sort of like, it's, yeah. I don't know, it's like this real enigma thing. It's like as soon as I say, oh yeah, it's good, I go, no, that was a bad movie. But then if I say, oh no, that's bad, I'm like, oh, it's good. It's also like, Cronenberg has these movies, like Exorcism, like the two, where it's like, it's kind of bad, but it's also really good, and it's just hard to give it a true rating. Yeah. Uh, I feel like he's doing exactly what he wants, and it's like you want to say it's flawed, but it's like he's doing it in such the, like the right way where you're like, oh, it, yeah, it's like it, it puts you in this weird spot. I think Existence is, is a perfect comparison to this film. Like Existence, it had everything, everything it needed to be successful, except like uh, like the development of the story. Like it was a cool plot. It, it just missed some style points. I think it could have been better. And this is a film where, again, I think the style could have made it more successful, but it's this is exactly what he was trying to give us, and so it's like hard yeah. to it's hard to be critical. Although the the, the the leg banging scene was weird. 
I I like also I I wouldn't say like what for you guys what was like the weirdest sex thing because for me I think it's sort of I think it's a tie between the scar thing and the part with Beta and his wife are like having sex but she's just like you think about Don's penis and like you think about eating his cum and all that it's like the dirtiest like weirdest sex I've ever watched. Uh, it all seems pretty Christian to me. <laughs> 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 uh, I thought the leg banging was weird, uh, but she seemed to enjoy it. So I, 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 I guess it has that. <laughs> um, basically, the weirdest part, I mean, weirdest part we had to do that opening shot where he put that in the back of the to touch the airplane wing. I mean, that's pretty. And I, everything else, I like. I, I didn't really question so much. I feel like you could have a whole. I kind of looked like she was banging the airplane and he just popped up and she was like, yeah, okay. Like if you're going to let me, be. also, how did she get in there? Is she a pilot? How did she wander into a private airplane hangar? I I want to see that. Like show me that five minutes of her sauntering up. I just, No, no, you're right. I'm just saying, I just want I want to see it. No. <laughs> uh, no, you're totally right. You're totally right. You're totally right. That's definitely... We know how she got in there. I think it's probably... I think I have um, a history of violence. It's probably that movie. And I think, like, the flying video drone I have up there. Crash, I think, would be in my top five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think, yeah. You're saying... You're saying I like Eastern Promises. You like Eastern Promises? I like it more than this film, but I like it less than Existence. So I think I think it's going to make my top five. Eastern Promises is bad. Jay, here's my question. If you could pick your the next movie Cronenberg does, what would it be? The next, you mean like... like let me rephrase that. What movie do you like? What would you want to see him do? Just like an example. Like a mystery. Like a, like I, I was just looking at his... I'm sorry, let me... I was just looking at his uh, resume. He's got a great resume. He's in all these different movies. I'm just curious. It seems like you're a fan. I mean, I, I mean it's like you could weird or... The first thing, it's like, I don't know if I could guess. Anything. You know what I would like to see him do, actually? I think he should get back together with Goldblum and just remake The Fly. <laughs> again? I, I would actually watch it again. I think it'd be funny. Like, is it him turning back to a human? I don't know. I, yeah, I could probably watch the first one again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Seth, I, I'm just going to have to say I disagree with that. Uh, or unless it's him turning back to a human. It was okay. 
I haven't seen that. I, I'm going to check that out. I haven't seen that, but I like the actors in that. Yeah, you know what? I just he like him. Remake, I think he could remake Scanner and, and knock it out of the park. Like, I think, like, I think Scanner is only a pretty, like, culty, like, fun film. But, like, he could redo that as really, really killing. I like that. We should, we should do that next time. Uh, do we want to do Final Score by Fresh? Yeah. Okay. All right. You guys ready to do Final Scores? Lead the way. Um, so final scores for Crush here. Um, I gotta say, I think it's directing pretty high level. I think most of the acting is a good level, especially the Vaughn character. Um, and that, like you, Jake, right about the car sequences, like the action sequences are actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and give this movie an eight point one. Ooh, like it. I love that score. That I I was actually earlier today thinking to myself, we'll get into that later. I have all philosophy. Every movie for me starts at 5.0 because that's like that's a movie I'll see. If it's above five, I recommend it. For me, I'm surprised. I came in a little higher than I thought. I think it's because I might be reading too deep into some of the boomer 90s things, but uh I gave it a seven. Like I wanted to give it in the six, but I'm giving it a seven. I think it uh it scratched a lot of itches for me, not in a sexual way, Seth. I know that's what you're thinking, but it scratched a lot of itches, and um, it was. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I came away. I really liked it. I thought it was. I liked how short it was. There are definitely some problems with it, but I ended up. I think it was more than the sum of its parts. If that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's like I think you could do you could do a long rant and kind of do a takedown of this movie. But I think if you watch it objectively, it is it's like more than the sum of its parts. And you kind of are left with like, oh, this was actually good, even though it's the weirdest thing I've ever watched. I feel like I could have easily right. fallen to a four or five, but like seven feels good. Okay, so you got I mean, I read one from me, seven from Jake, and a five from Jake. So let me just say that my five is a basically behind that. I think I you're better than a lot of other movies. Probably the different six ever, but I'll give it a five. Yeah, you can make a family comedy that's an easy six, but Cronenberg made a very complicated five for you. You <laughs> made the best five I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> I like that. That's a better description of it. <laughs> All right. Any uh, final comments on Crash Wheel? Yeah, I just thank you both for having me on. Yes, you. Yes, you were. Thank you for coming. I hope we can have you again soon. All right, take care. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can come back anytime. No, no. I said I hope you can. I hope you come back soon. Oh, oh I see. Okay. Oh, okay. Here's my response. My response is, all right, take care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's Crash. I highly recommend it. Although I do think you should watch it alone. <laughs> any, any final words, gentlemen? Uh, it was a pleasure. Jay, we'll see you again soon, I hope.